Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, until the end of time. That it is indeed. Uh, So, James. Yes. Today, we are covering, mm, surprise, surprise, a little bit more of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 8. Uh, we are starting at 3 minutes and 49 seconds and ending at 15.52. And just like that, we arrive in the safe return of the two agents to the Zephyr with their previously missing teammates. It's almost as if nothing happened in between. But it did. Time has passed. Simmons eventually <laughs> tries to explain the problem to the team by Everyone's comparing so their jumps. Creative. What's that? It's, you're like, it's, uh, it seems like time didn't pass. But it did. You sound like everybody's so creative. Yeah, you know how bit. this looks like something shouldn't have happened, but it did. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, kind of what it's going for, yeah. Um, uh, Simmons eventually tries to explain the problem to the team by comparing their jumps to a stone skipping on a pond. Each jump is getting shorter until eventually the Zephyr will metaphorically sink. She admits that she does not know what would really happen to the ship if it were to hit the fan. The bigger problem that the team later learns is that they cannot get to the drive because of some sort of uh, force field that's sort of formed around it uh, and that it disintegrates anything it touches, very much giving the, well, I've got a force field that disintegrates anything that touches it, so you know you can't touch me. Yeah, you on know, the um, remember, do you remember, hmm, sometimes when I'm about to make a reference for Aaron, I stop and I think about if she's going to get this reference and then I start over with a different way to start it. But I'm going to give you some credit here. Did you ever see the movie Contact? Yeah, like ages okay. ago. So in that, the device that travels through time and space has these like rings that go yeah. all around or whatever. I think that's what it is, is that it's this thing's moving so fast that it's like it's like the pistons of an engine, but in three dimensions. Right. So it's it's not it's forming a force field, absolutely. But as you'll say, I'm sure in just a second, if you could just move fast enough, you could get around the force field. That's so funny. James, here's my next sentence. They determine that they need to move fast enough to get between the field, which leads <laughs> them to realize that Rodriguez's power is the key. Unfortunately, mm. she is still recovering from the Shrike attack and has not regained her abilities. What's that, you ask? Don't worry, we'll get to it a long time from now. By the way, Shrikes have now, uh, I think, at, we, because we're going to see them in the next episode too, five mentions of Shrikes in uh, Time and Scavengers. Yeah. yeah, we don't know what they are, but they have appeared in five different episodes, episodes yeah. of this show. Then, yep. <laughs> so Simmons explains that she cannot fix uh, Yo-Yo because she doesn't understand enough about inhuman biology. To everyone's surprise, Daisy Johnson enters and explains her no explains that her mom, Jaying, was the leader of the inhuman community called Afterlife, and how she just might have those answers that they are looking for. I'm sorry, what was that reveal that I just said? That's right. Because what? it's glancing over the fact that, like, if you watch the show in real time, you know this by now. But last time we talked about Jaying, I was like, oh, whoa, crazy. She's here, but yet she was dead, and then now she's here, and then what's going on with that? And then now Daisy Johnson's like, hey, that's my mom. Hopefully there aren't any more quickly brushed aside, that's my mom things in this very episode. (laughs) Okay, Johnson thus theorizes that she likely would be around to potentially help them in 1983. Uh, May and Rodriguez are then subsequently sent to Afterlife, which when you 
think about that. That sounds yeah, wild. Sounds like, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like they're like, cool. And they just shoot and kill. <laughs> no, they get on the, uh, the Quinjet. Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie then gets Simmons to reboot a par- partially rebuilt Coulson in order to consult with him on this mission. Admittedly, uh, getting help from Jaying in 1983 could have major consequences because at this point, Johnson has not yet been born. Exactly. If they change the timeline too much, she may never be born. You know who are gross? Men. And yeah. he's like, you know, you're right. And then Daisy right. disappears. Exactly. But <laughs> once again, we are on an alternate timeline. So really, she would be fine because she's from a different place. Right. Right. Um. Anyway. Uh, okay, Mackenzie then confirms that this mission is a go, and uh, man yo yo depart on the Quinjet uh, as they make their way to afterlife. The two of them uh talk about you know different things, and it's revealed that May's power uh no longer is reliant on uh physical touch, mm-hmm. she doesn't have to be touching people in order to get the the vibe, the heebie jeebies, the whatever. Uh, whatever you want to call that, she can she can vibe check just by sort of. I was gonna say, she'll vibe check you into the boards. I'm surprised that they never gave that necessarily like a power name kind of thing. Yeah, because I truly feel like someone in that room would have been like, "Ooh, the vibe check," and she'd be like, "Absolutely not." Uh, either that yeah. or she would go, "I don't know if that's good or bad." What is that? You know, I almost thought to say, "Well, Colin, this was probably before that term existed," and then I remember this this it's episode came out in 2020. It- yep. <laughs> I know, I know. Again, <laughs> it is sometimes that thing where you think that this show is so old and it turns out that at least this season is so recent. Right. Just uh, <clears throat> something doesn't need to touch. Okay, uh, May brings up how uh, Jaying is very dangerous and that they need to be extremely careful. As they walk towards their target, uh, the agents come across Lee and Gordon chasing a young woman in the woods. The three of them then spot the two agents, and afterwards, Lee orders Gordon to secure them. Uh, the young girl, Cora, tells them that they should not have come. Uh, Gordon grabs the agents and teleports. Now inside the Inhuman community, uh, May and Yo-Yo are greeted by Jaying, whom they try to convince that uh, Rodriguez is an Inhuman and that she needs help. After she explains her problem, I should have worded that better. Uh, after Yo-Yo explains her problem, Jaying uh, seems, and her uh, and her right-hand man, uh, Lee, uh, they bring forth the Diviner. Whoa. What? That's a thing we haven't seen before. It is, actually. We've seen it in oh, an right, episode right. as it got taken by one Peggy Carter. And we got we also watched it disintegrate a whole human. It did. And it was, uh, remember, it was on a little uh, charcuterie board and everything uh-huh. in that one yeah. scene. And it was like, why are we serving it up? I don't understand it. I forgot that we'd seen a full history of this thing before. Yeah, I know. Again, that's why time is so weird, right? <laughs> so they bring in the diviner. I will say this. I don't think we've ever called it that. So to be clear, right. this is that weird obelisk, like, you know, uh, like, I don't know what, the, what, the, what else to call it, but like that yeah. item that we kept talking about that was like a very odd shape. It was silver with a bunch of like kind of etchings on it. Uh, only the etchings are like external, not internal. Like they, they push out versus are right. engraved, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, so we've talked about this a couple times before, and if you follow us on Twitter, at Timeline Scav, you've definitely seen the pictures of this uh, before as well. Um, so they hand it to her, and she passes the test, and Jaying decides to help. As they walk alone later on, Lee argues with uh, Jaying that they should not be helping these strangers, but she tells him that, you know, something took away Yo-Yo's power, and that it isn't if it is in fact possible, she needs to know 
how it happened and also if it can be fixed. Right. Um, Lee tells her that they cannot allow them to leave after their work is done. <gasps> Subterfuge. Mm. As they do their first tests, Shaying tries to get more information out of Yo-Yo Rodriguez, uh, but knowing that she cannot reveal the full truth and risk losing her trust, she only gives her a few details. As they talk, May notices Lee is a bit suspicious. She questions him about the woman they saw running away, and he attacks her using his inhuman ability to manifest knife-like weapons in his hands, which I think is a very interesting way of wording that uh, because it really it's just a knife. It's it's just a knife. Well, he he makes it he makes it appear right, but I mean like it's oh it, knife like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's written knife like but it's like it's just a knife like they could have said a blade a and it would have been fine true like, yeah right. that, that's probably better yeah. yeah that's not a knife and he just pulls it out of nowhere like whoa uh, this so is you've a knife played knifey spoony before mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Rodriguez tries to jump in and save May but her powers continue to fail her Lee stops his attack saying he only wanted to see if they had made any progress. Jiang dismisses him, which is, again, also, what a lie, right? Uh, saying that she can handle things from here. Uh, from their room that night, May and Rodriguez hear some screaming. They run out into the hall to see Cora being detained by guards again. Jiang uh, apologizes for the disturbance and assures them that Cora will be fine. She also tells them she has a theory regarding her problem and that they should have results in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say one of the big things is they go back into the room and the door is locked behind them. That's the one thing I didn't really put in there. Yeah. But like the way that they are, like it's that thing where they're kind of like, oh, I'm skeptical, but also we haven't been, you know, turned into prisoners. Kind of like they don't say that exact <laughs> line, but it's like that kind of right. vibe. And then literally you hear this loud kachunk of the lock, and they yeah. go, oh, you know, <laughs> right. Uh, so there's that. That's the scene or yeah. scenes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things happening. Uh, mm. What are your thoughts on what's what's going on? So the first thing I want to talk about was uh, Gemma saying she doesn't know enough about a human anatomy to be able to help. Inhuman anatomy. Inhu- right. Doesn't know enough about inhuman anatomy to, help, to be able to help. Um, first of all, that's kind of a weird, like there's kind of throwbacks to like, we don't, you know, weird 19th century scientist anatomy stuff where it's like, you know, we don't, you know, phrenology and we don't know how, you know, if the, African body is the same as such and such and such. Right, right. Um, but then after I after I briefly touched down on that area of thinking, uh, I thought about this uh, this comic I read. I think it was um, an Avengers Academy uh, uh, issue, mm-hmm. um, and this guy gets shot in the head. And they're like, "Oh my God! Oh God!" And then he gets up and he says, my my brain isn't in my head. It's right. uh, fused to my heart. And that's why my society has not had war in, in millennia. And I think it's hilarious to think that I when Elena went that. through the Terrigen Mists, her anatomy shifted. Like, come on, Gemma. <laughs> like, well, I will say, I think that part of it is in terms of things like their, their nervous systems and all right. that other stuff. Like, right. I think there is stuff that clearly gets changes to it like maybe on a precursory glance might look the same but i think that they interact differently which is definitely like a i don't want to like go in there and turns out that like if i touch something that i shouldn't touch that it would actually you know because like for example like i don't know exactly where this like stems from i'm assuming maybe some sort of like adrenaline type situation right but like 
you know, I'm thinking about like how bad would it be if you're like, okay, cool. And so I'll just take an extraction, you know, from the adrenal gland just to sort of test it. And by like puncturing it, you literally ruin her powers forever. Right, and then you're right, like, right. oh, whoops. It had to stay yeah. intact. Oops. Yeah. Mm, so, um, okay, good news, bad news. I figured out what broke your powers. Bad news. They it, are broken it, forever. It was me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess the other thing that actually also relates to inhuman anatomy, which I found very funny, was they give the big, uh, the big speech that you have to give apparently before anyone touches the diviner. Mm-hmm. But before he can finish giving the speech, she just grabs it. And I yeah. was like, uh, and then may is like, uh, and every time it happens, including when I watched it again to take my notes today, I'm like, Oh, because she's not afraid. And then she's like, Oh, prosthetics. And then she touches it to her forehead and it does the glowy thing. And it's all good. I, I it's a, it's like a double fake out for me because I think that the joke is that she's not afraid, but the joke is that prosthetics don't react to this diviner because they're right. not you know skin, human or inhuman skin. What it is interesting that like in that same moment like uh, that she even did the additional touch. I guess maybe yeah. just to show or prove yeah. that she's not afraid. Yeah, but like she has to. Yeah, yeah. Because at the same time, like to me, I'm thinking like hypothetically, if Coulson's there, right? The way Coulson yeah. would just be able to go, boop, and right. go, yeah. See, I'm fine. It's like a a Thor's hammer sort of deal. It's like if you do it without thinking, then you super pass the test. Like, right. you know, yeah. But I also think what is interesting is that again, also like they recognize that they're on a time thing. Uh-huh. And also, like, she knows that she's inhuman, you know, so it's like, right. you know, and they don't yeah. have to sit there and listen to like, a, right. listen, if you are an inhuman, this is, but if you aren't, this little bit, she's like, okay, fine, whatever, dude, just, okay, can we move yeah. on? And they're like, it, oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun thing, it's a fun season seven, last season of the show mm. sort of deal to do, too, because I think in a way, the audience is sort of also in the like, yeah, yes. we, yep. we, we know. know. <laughs> yeah, we get it. But I think that's also cool because it's also very clearly a time travel element too. Right? Yeah. Because if you were from that time, you never experienced it, anything like that. Right. It would be this big scary item. But as someone who has seen it in the future, yeah. you have this knowledge that they don't. So like the way they're right. like, ooh, this mystic item. And you're like, yes, mystic item. Got it. Great. We touched Where, it. And yeah. you're like, oh. It's the, you- pro- hmm. it's the proprietary item of their secret community that they, as far as they know, you have just stumbled upon. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the idea of like a MacGuffin that is a magical special item in the yeah. first movie, and then the second movie, it's a paperweight. Yeah, it, right, right, or like a drawer full of infinity stones. I was actually oh. thinking the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you you punch the uh, the the mimic that is the treasure box directly in the face without even looking at it because you you've been groundhog daying this whole right. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good examples of of what happens when she picks up the thing. Good job, us. We did it. Um, <laughs> do they talk about who Cora is in this episode? In this uh, in this they, they, scene, they talk about like they they name her. They we know who she is in terms of like this is a girl. Right. We don't know the information yet. She is a, she is a named character. Got it. Got I believe, it. if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's not even until the next episode. And I don't mean like our episode. I believe it's the... Well, because she talks in the next episode that we're going to record. You can absolutely cut this. Like I used to, you know, 
uh, hold you and care and sing you to to sleep and and whatever. Yeah, one second. I'm gonna let me let me hang on. Let me let me look through. Of course, like don't call me daughter. Not meant to. The picture frame will sort of remind. I'm, I'm looking through my notes to see if if I if 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 I literally talked about it. I don't see us mentioning that element. Oh no no no! Yes I do. Yes here it is. I got it. I, I do have it. Yep. Okay. So it is okay. in the next one. For some cool. reason, I was thinking it was in seven oh nine. For some reason, I thought it was like at the start because yeah. of the what happens at the end of seven oh eight. But anyway, do you know what's weird? Time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But something specifically weird about time is secrets. And I know that that's like the premise of the show is that you know we we take flashbacks and revelations in the past and sort right. of unravel them. I watched Captain Marvel on the flight back from Houston, and God, that movie's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. But I was I watched it thinking about us covering it and being like, huh, so, huh. <laughs> so we're going to be like, remember back when the thing was revealed when we saw it in 1989? Well, here's a brief flashback to that. Anyways, let's move on. Right. Oh, Lee is so immediately unlikable. What a great character. Yeah. Um, and sweet Gordon. Uh, the second of three people playing Gordon that we're going to see in the course of our show. So True. Very true. Um, I think I don't have anything other than an Avengers ensemble. Uh, so take take away anything else that you wanted to say. Uh, I think that that's really kind of all that I have. I mean, we kind of already touched on any of the things that I would have wanted to touch on. I feel like I did basically as we did the discussion of just yeah. like the scene itself. Um, yeah. But also like, yeah, I mean, like I will say there's there's also something about, I don't necessarily know if it's a trope or what, but there's something about going to a space in like in a movie or a TV show where both sides have secrets, both sides will not share them. But also the concept of when you stay there overnight, someone screaming in the night and then having to address that at a few, like that is such a common thing to think about. Yeah. There are times where like someone's like staying at a castle or staying at a whatever. And then they're like, what was that thing I heard last night? What? Yeah. There was nothing last night. They're like, "Oh, Oh, weird. You know, what? That's so cool, Colin. What an amazing way of framing this this clip. Yeah, it's like a Victor. It turns into like a Victorian murder mystery, sort of like who is that woman that's yelling slash like a like a Jane Eyre sort of deal. I know that you love Jane Eyre, so it's like a great reference to that. Very. I mean, very cool. It also, I mean, to some extent, it also even makes me think of something like you know Beauty and the Beast, where like yeah. she's supposed to stay in her one one spot, but like. There is something that's just off enough about the castle that makes you go, what is in the West Wing right. kind of situation? And right. it's a lot of walking and talking. Uh, but uh, Love you. Thank you. That was a, that was a very specific <laughs> uh, reference for the two of us. Um, no, but I mean, like, you know, it's that idea of like, I need to grab, you know, a, a light or a candle or a flashlight or whatever yeah. and go roam these halls at night to find out. I mean, listen, I don't want to give credit even to a turf necessarily, but like even young adult things like Harry Potter has that like the very first book is all about like they know something's terrible in that one room on the third floor so they go out sure. at night you know I mean yeah Scooby-Doo oh it's like, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo is, is like almost all that although yeah. they're usually not like spending the night they're just like oh I hear there's a mystery so let's stop over and right. know, check it out gang hey by the way I don't know if you've seen the movie Scoob we watched it on the cruise that. ship dude is it good dude it uh, had me laughing very, very hard. And also, there were parts where I was about to cry. 
And I wasn't even watching it. Like I was, we we were getting ready for other things while the kids were watching it. But I was, there were parts where I was like, huh. Anyways, Scoob, good movie. Mm. Looked like you were hiding from me, but you were no, reaching sorry, for something. I, was, I have to imagine. I, I haven't, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like Colin, I, I still see Colin, you. <laughs> no, I just had it. Yeah, but okay, anyway, so a I love that. Love that image of like. You know, we uh, we have to stay the night in this, you know, haunted commune mm-hmm. where we don't know what the screams are coming from, what's going on. We're locked in here. What's happening? Yeah. And it's the thing that they hear. It's it's inhuman. <laughs> but <laughs> it's an all human. <laughs> oh, the inhumanity. Yeah. Avengers Ensemble, though. Oh, yeah. Let's do an Avengers Ensemble. Here we go. Avengers Ensemble. Cora is played by a woman named Diane Doan or Doan. I could not bring myself to say Diane Doan, but it is D-O-A-N. Let's say Diane Doan. Uh, she was in 22 episodes of a show called Warrior, which looked very sort of up our up, you know, sort of Marvel, you know, kung fu sort of stuff. Uh, she was in four episodes of Good Trouble. Uh, which I might be just might have just jumped out at me because of all the bullshit that's going on in Tennessee right now. We're recording yeah. this on April tenth, twenty twenty three. Um, she was in one episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. She was uh, she played Lonnie in uh, Descendants one and two. If you're wondering if that is uh, Mulan's daughter, she does play Mulan's daughter, Lonnie. Um, and. That those are uh, movies that I thought were going to be a lot more like Runaways than they are, but uh, my kids very much love them and they're fine. Um, Dove Cameron also was on Agents of Shield and she is in those movies too. So that's she the daughter that. of uh, Maleficent. She plays Mal. Maleficent and Hades. It turns out spoilers for Descendants. Anyways, she was in seven episodes of Vikings. Uh, one episode of Impastor which I wrote down because I was thinking of that um, Velocipastor. Velocipastor, yeah. But uh, Impastor is also a very good, uh, you know, sort of like sister act, but for for guys, if you're an Impastor. But I don't think, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. Um, And she also was in one episode of Once Upon a Time. And this is the first time I realized how similar Descendants and Once Upon a Time are. Uh, I don't think she plays Mulan in Once Upon a Time, thank God, because it would be weird for like, yeah, you know Asian sort of stuff. Speaking of Asian sort of stuff, Lee is played by Byron Mann. Uh, he was in <laughs> uh, uh, a movie called Heroes of the Golden Masks. Um, he was in five episodes of the TV show The Recruit, which I talked about because the woman uh, that we saw singing to varying degrees of acceptability in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two clip that we are going to be releasing. Uh, as of this recording, you know, to today, later today, uh, she's in the recruit too. So he, both of these people are in the recruit. That's where Marvel crosses over on the other side. Uh, he was in five episodes of a, a show called Blood and Treasure, which seemed like national treasure, but if you got really violent with it, uh, he was Yao Fei Gulong in twelve episodes of Arrow, which I wrote down the character name because I know Colin would be like, "Ooh, who was he?" Uh, nine episodes that. of Wu Assassins. Uh, that is W U and not W O O. It is not about uh, people trying to kill Jada Pinkett Smith's character from that 1990s movie. 
which is called Wu. He was in Skyscraper with The Rock, eight episodes of The Expanse, three episodes of Altered Carbon. He was in the movie The Big Short, which isn't sci-fi or nerdy, but it is an excellent movie, and you should check it out if you haven't. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, he played the voice of Tian Zhao. Um, he was in... Uh, I was worried about Wu Assassins, me thinking that it was Wu-Tang Clan related, uh, but Wu just being a Chinese word or whatever. But he was also in The Man with the Iron Fists, the, the Man with the Iron Fists, which is the kung fu movie that uh, was directed by the RZA. So I'm less worried about Wu, Wu Assassins being associated with Wu-Tang Clan. He was in one episode of Nikita, one episode of Burn Notice, What is Burn Notice, two episodes of Smallville, Catwoman with Halle Berry, eight episodes of Dark Angel, one episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, which has Chuck Norris in it, uh, which we'll come back to besides being relevant to uh, your nickname on the on the Zoom call, will also be relevant in a second. Uh, one episode of Murder, She Wrote, which is very funny for me to think about. Uh, he played Ryu or Ryu in Street Fighter the movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme. He also played Ryu in Street Fighter the movie, the video game, which apparently came out, which is ridiculous. Uh... <laughs> video game based on the movie, based on the video game. Right, based on the novel uh, uh, Push by Sapphire. Um, he was in an episode of a movie called Time Tracks, and that is Tracks with an X. Uh, but it's not Time T-Rex, which would be a different movie altogether. And the reason why I mentioned both uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Chuck Norris is that as I was uh, scrolling along, I noticed a running pattern of movies that he was in. So I did do a collaboration search for IMDb and found that, yes, indeed, he has been in three separate movies and one episode of television with Steven Seagal. Uh, he has been in three different Steven Seagal movies uh, over the course of like 2003, 2009, and 2011 or something wild. I like to think that in 2003, he really, really impressed Steven Seagal. And that was why uh, he sort of uh, maintained work. A couple of pieces of trivia because I find I find Byron Mann incredibly fascinating. He is a graduate of the University of California, Los Angeles. Uh, he And obtained a Juris Doctor degree, which I believe is the PhD of lawyers from the University of Southern California Law School. Wow. Uh, so he is on the California bar. He can practice law in California. And in addition to that, he was once the number two ranked 16 and under tennis player in Hong Kong. The man has range and wow. also very good at being immediately despicable. Byron Man, The man, two ends. Finally, uh, Gordon, in this uh in this area of the timeline is played by a, a, an actor named Finn Argus, uh, pronounced they, them, uh, based on the bio in which they use the word they in the way that you use the word they, them in a singular way. Right. It's not said anywhere, but it's consistent enough through the bio that I'm going to go with it. Uh, they were in one episode of The Gifted which is that X-Men TV show that if we get to the end of all of the alternate Timeline Scavengers movies, we will be picking up for live shows. So book mm. us now for five years in the future when we finally get to the end of, of, of that. Mm. But the real, real big news, Colin, the real news about Finn Argus is that when they were 10, they auditioned for and secured a role in a pop cultural phenomenon that would... I'm going to say change, but let's say affect 
uh, pop culture going forward into the future, they were one of the original Kids Bop children. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Their first credit on IMDb is the music video for the Kids Bop version of Born This Way. <laughs> Which I like to think helped them understand like, the, like humans. That and... song, no, understand their non-binary oh, sexuality. Like I really like to think that they're like. Back, remember when I was in Kids Bop and I did Born This Way? That really helped me. Is something that I really like to think about them saying. <laughs> like Lady yeah. Gaga, sure. But when I was in Kids Bop, it really struck home. I was like, I have to be in this music video. So when you listen to Kids Bop. Think of. Think of Finn Argus. Uh, Gordon number two, we're going to say, in the Timeline Scavengers uh, Triumvirate of Gordons. I love legacy heroes, honestly. Triumvirate of Gordons is uh, what Sting wanted the police to be called, but they said no. That's a very funny uh, police joke. So, um, that's it though. I think. Yep, that's it. That's all our uh, our uh, Avengers ensemble: Diane Doan, Byron Mann, Finn Argus, Kids Bop. Thank you, right. Colin. You're you're welcome, James. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Uh, I've right. got nothing left. So yeah, why don't I just uh, uh, make a blade appear out of nowhere and cut us off? <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, thanks. Um, thanks. Okay. So thank you so much for listening. I like to think of this as the middle of our, like, 1983 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. miniseries, where it's like, there's, like, side quests. There are, this is like a side quest in the middle of an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sort of stuff. Sure, yeah. Um, and so thank you so much for listening. Uh, we take lots of side quests, and we call them tangents, timeline scavengers. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I am James Anderson. I'm Colin Parker. What is the... <laughs> I think that this is asking too much of your prodigious vocal acting skills. Can you try and give me a kids bop Stanley? Do you think that's possible? Hang on. Let me, have... let me let me give me a second. Right. Give me a second. Listener, I this will probably cut. I like to see Colin has muted himself and he is pr- he is working it out. Mr. Excelsior. <laughs> Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.